Hi, I'm Jessica Lindbergh, and this is the HeartStrong Podcast, where we dive into all the messiness life has to offer, the good, the bad, and the beautiful. I've spent the last decade building a powerfully resilient life through personal trauma, and I'm here to share inspiring stories of hope and purpose. Join us for a conversation about what truly makes us HeartStrong. the start of a new summer and life slowly getting back to normal, you may be looking for ways to improve yourself and live a more intentional life. That's why the HeartStrong Podcast is back for a mini season with our hopeful summer series. The goal of the season is to look at life in a new way, evaluate our priorities, and establish some healthier habits as we embrace our new beginnings. Each episode will help you get back to business while also enjoying some compelling, surprising, and heartwarming stories. So Steph, you've been through many difficult transitions in your life and you've had to navigate them. And I'm wondering if you can talk to our audience and tell them what helped you. Like, what would you say to somebody who feels like they're in transition, like they're stuck between where they were and where they want to be? Yeah, I would say don't miss the middle. Um, I just remember being in this place where I felt... um, that I was supposed to be leading retreats and holding space for people in really intentional ways. But my circumstances literally wouldn't allow me to step into some of that. Um, and, and so I remember just being in that place in that tension and realizing that had I pursued some stuff in, in my career, I would have missed what was right in front of me. So I do believe for anyone that has like a an inkling of a dream that that dream is still super valid. Um, and, and it will unfold in the right time. I spent a lot of time trying to stick a quick, a square peg in a round hole, um, cause I knew this is what I was supposed to do, but it just wasn't the right time. And I, I, I'm so glad I didn't miss the middle because the middle is actually what gave me the street cred to be able to hold the space. It's, it's accumulating all the things that you need to move into that next step. So the middle isn't wasted. Um, waiting isn't wasted. And so I actually would encourage people to really enjoy the, the waiting piece because, um, we are wired for longing. And so when that, when that satisfaction of getting what we want comes, Um, we just start longing for something else. And Mm -hmm. so you can either kind of go through life lily padding to these goals, or you can, you know, look up and look around and really enjoy the one you're standing on. Mm -hmm. And it's really is, that is so true. I was actually just in a conversation the other day about some different things that I wanted to be doing. and, And the person said to me, you know, like you wouldn't be able to even be thinking about some of these things had you not experienced the things that you thought were like a dead end, right? That you thought Mm -hmm. were the places where you were just kind of lost. So you're right. Like don't miss the middle. Don't miss the place that is, does feel like the hardest space because that is really what is going to allow you to serve and grow and teach in whatever ways you want to do that. Mm -hmm. And there are so many days that I would love to go back 
mm-hmm. you know, and I yeah. would give, I would give anything to go back. But when I was sitting in the middle of it, I was like, get me out of here, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so, I, you know, Sorry. there's, I just think we can, it's a perspective thing. It's yeah. not a circumstance thing. So we can right. either wake up to what's right in front of us and just pay attention to all the beautiful things because we're exactly where we need to be, mm-hmm. or we can always go through life wanting more. Um, and, and that's, you know, as an Enneagram for that's something I'm really learning about with longing. And I think we, we are, we are in the not yet, you know, for me, faith is really important. And so, um, there will be a time where things will be made right. But for right now, we're supposed to be in the not yet. We're supposed to be in the mystery. Um, and so that's, that's not always a bad thing. No, it's not. I think it's actually the place to be. You know, I think, mm-hmm. and I think the people who learn that they're really cool people to be around <laughs> like you. Agreed. So I like love you. that. <laughs> I love that. You know, um, when you're in those middle places and you're kind of in the not yet, you also have to really relook at your priorities, right? Like what's important, what matters to you, what, what is the priority for today, how are we going to mm-hmm. spend our time as a family? How are we going to spend our money? How are we going to, you know, navigate this next hour? What matters right now? And, you know, I think people are are, are doing that now with COVID. Since life has shifted, I, I hear people saying, well, this is my priority now, or I don't want to be in this job anymore because it takes me away from my family, or this is not really what I'm called to do. So I'm wondering, you know, if you can kind of give us a sense of how this lens of priority sort of like catapulted you in a good way to say, this is what I'm here to do. And if people are feeling sort of that tension between maybe expectations and priorities, like what would you say to them in that space right now? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I I think that having having our life be the way that it did, you know, we started accepting invitations either, for example, um, once the kids passed, uh, we lived on a family road and my husband worked for the family business and we could have said yes to that. And that could have been our life and it would have been beautiful. Um, and there's a lot of beautiful things about that life. And we got an opportunity to move across the country five weeks before a pandemic to a big unknown um, startup retreat center and doing jobs that really weren't clearly defined when we even moved out here. We didn't really even know where we were going to live. And so we said, yes. And I think what, what shifted was we could either live a safe life mm-hmm. or we could live an open-handed life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, an open-handed life looked like saying yes to some adventures that had that mystery of, around it. And so the, you know, the expectations and priorities for me were shaped by who do I want to be? What kind of space do I want to create for Ellie? And um, who can I be for Justin? And who can I be for others? Um, and so the best place for me, I thought, in this season to do that was to take a big adventure. Sometimes it's staying still. And that's why listening is so important um, is because when we get quiet enough and remove ourselves from distractions, that's when we start hearing kind of these internal shifts in us that will realign how we're spending our time. 
When I get still and quiet, that's usually when I am able to pay attention to what's really important to me um, and what those expectations and priorities are. And again, I just continue to have an open-handed approach these days to um, expectations. I feel like when you don't have expectations is when you're surprised um, yeah, and you can hold things loosely. Yeah. And that is... Sometimes life has to hit you over the head before you can do that, right? Over and over again. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and I love that open-handed living. Like we even talked about that when we were together recently. Just that idea that, you know, we don't need to know what's going to be happening in a year. Like I'm kind of, my experience, and I don't know what you think about this, is like I'm not, I don't really have a five-year plan. I'm into like, because I'll know what the next step is going to be because when we're paying attention and we're people that are listening to the Holy Spirit, to God, to that still small voice inside of us, to who we are created to be, which is kind of a lot of what suffering, I think, enables us to do if, we're, if, we, if we want the invitation, if we accept the invitation. It's kind of like I'm here. I'm a vessel. I know I'm created for something. I'm here to do that, right? And just letting that unfold. Yeah. And, and I think that's how it, it always should be. You know, we kind of um, deceive ourselves by wanting control. Um, Yeah. But if the truth, you know, just again, based on my circumstances, it's like, well, the truth is my kids were going to die. Do I really want to know like what that's going to look like? Or do I really want to stay present because they're here? And so we want to know, but I really do believe we don't want to know. And, and the, the mystery is, is where, life happens and um and it's okay to live open handed to have uh my friend gave me this poem which i got to find for you um but it's this idea of when we say yes we we live with open hands and that allows the birds to come and it allows the birds to fly away like we're we're so not in control and and that's not a scary thing that's actually um the next question i would use after that well then who is you know, and then that gives us an opportunity to explore faith, to explore something greater than us. Um, and so, you know, it's this tension, of course, with open handedness, because when we start to love somebody, we want to grab hold of them <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and we want to keep them. And then again, the question becomes, well, what does keeping them mean? You know, and, and yeah. so for Jaden in Brooklyn, you know, one of the greatest things that I did was I, I shared them. I shared them with the world. I let people in, um, and people were blessed by that. I didn't hoard their light. I like to say, and so open-handed means asking for help. Open-handed means surrender. Open-handed means, um, new opportunities that surprise you. It means growth. It means, um, almost like that feeling when you dig your feet in the sand and you're in an ocean and the waves are just taking you like back and forth and back and forth. That's open-handed living. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, you, I, you were on a podcast recently and I saw a quote from it, which I loved. And you said, one of the most important things we can do for people we love is to care for our own emotional, physical, and mental health, which I wholeheartedly agree with. 
Can you talk to me a little bit about that idea through the lens of retreat, of taking time for yourself, for self-discovery, for asking these questions? Why is that so important to do? Because we don't do it anywhere else. <laughs> um, true, true. I think that there's something just really potent, at least for me. Um, I, I still need some hand-holding when it comes time to to take a next step. Um, when we've yeah. reached our limits on our own, the best thing we can do is ask for a guide. Um, someone or something, some book, some place to just help us get over the hump into a new um, place of being. And I think that's what retreat does. Retreat just simply holds the space. Um, it's removing yourself away so you can check in with yourself, not check out, but check in and just be like, okay, I'm here. And these are the things that I've been mulling um, over in the carpool line. And these are the things as I'm washing the dishes or folding the laundry or going to bed that I'm thinking about. But you don't get uninterrupted time and space these days mm -hmm. to spend. You know, we we do check in like Friday afternoon to to Sunday afternoon. And it's it's not that long, but just that 40 some hours to remove yourself and check in is such a gift. Um, and I, I, I see over and over again the fruit of just taking that pause. And it, it doesn't have to be um, at a retreat center. You know, for some of us that are in the season of caregiving, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, the idea of leaving someone right now is is near impossible. Mm -hmm. um, we did hospital mm -hmm. stays and I under I understand that. I mean, I felt bad just going to get a coffee for goodness sake. Um, you know, yes. like something terrible is going to happen if I take a, take a five minute walk around the block. But um, yeah. so whether you can take a deep, a deep drink of a break, or if you just need to get them every single day in little bite sizes, we all need we all need that. It's it's vital. It is what keeps us going. And I think we try to sacrifice ourselves on this altar of caregiving. But what we're really doing is we're not strengthening strengthening ourselves to be able to enter into what's facing us when we're not mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves. The best example of oh, sorry, Jess. No, I, I'm just agreeing with yeah. you. That's so true. I want to hear your example. Yeah, the best example I can remember was um, our friend Kelly, and she also yeah. had um, Livy, who had San Filippo, um, like my kids. And I remember she would prioritize herself every morning and go to the gym and work out. And I, I always loved that. And one of the things that she said was, I need to take care of myself and grow stronger because the more Livy weighs – the easier it will be for me to lift her. And I was like, yes, that's what we're doing for our people, right? So the more yeah. we take care of ourselves and we come into our family lives peaceful and calm and kind, um, the better we are for our people. So taking a day to just refocus and get ourselves in check or to go for that five-minute walk if we're in the hospital, it, it resets us. It makes us it does. way better for the people in our lives. Yeah. And I think that it's important. We sometimes need permission. So if you need permission, we're giving you permission right now to do that. And I've noticed in like my marriage, how we both have to give each other that permission because it is hard to be in a constant caregiving season and that you both need it individually together also, obviously, but to be those 
kind of whole human beings. And I also think that, you know, one of the things you touched on it is like when you're steeped in a season of caregiving where there is just struggle. And I remember when my son Ethan was really sick, the nurses would be like, go for an afternoon. And it was like the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be with him. I didn't. Plus, I felt guilty leaving. Um, So I do think there are seasons when we kind of are able to do this more or less. But one of the things that I've reflected in looking back, and I'm curious what you think, is that I think that there were opportunities in my little parts of my day to, would it be 15 minutes in silence, you know, in a room with some journaling, or would it be a walk around the block instead of, you know, scrolling through, you know, the package insert of the newest drug. You know what I mean? Like, so I just want to encourage people to take these little things, but that when the time comes to make that investment in yourself, because it is so important. And um, I mean, I've learned that I think late in life, I wish I would have learned that sooner. Yeah. I think you touched on a, on a really important part is the guilt um, a lot of us yeah. feel guilty to, and and it's not, it's not, um, selfish to care for yourself in this way. Um, which is why I always want to point out that it's important to, to understand that we're taking care of the, our loved ones by doing it. And yeah, yeah, totally simple stuff. Like if you're in a hospital room, crack a window open or, yeah. or stretch your body, um, go for a walk on the floor go, go talk to somebody like, you know, there are so many little things I think we can do. And then there are also these really important breaks. And I just watched this Ted talk about, um, desire. And so, um, Mm -hmm. for those of you in partnerships, you know, absence is actually what makes, um, desire stronger. And so taking our breaks from one another is actually a really good thing. I, I also remember, um, feeling really, really guilty because, um, I thought the only way out for a different way of being was if my kids pass, like when my kids pass, I won't Mm. be this tired or I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I just remember feeling so guilty, but what I really wanted, I didn't want my kids to pass. I wanted a break. I wanted somebody to come in and give me two days and not feel guilty about it. So I could get back in the race and do another year. Um, and so mm-hmm. I would just encourage anybody listening that's in that, that place is to ask for help because mm-hmm. whoever you're caregiving for, um, sharing them is going to be a super big blessing if you can, even if you have to take a retreat, like downstairs when your kid's upstairs, yeah. you know, like if you literally yeah. can't leave. Um, but most of us yeah. have some sort of way that we can breathe a little bit. Yeah. And if you're listening and you have a friend in that role, yes. reach out and say, hey, I want to give you a half a day or I want to give you some time. I mean, you know, be that person too, because it is hard to ask for help in those places. And so we need our friends to offer sometimes. Yeah. 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 So I want to I want to talk a little bit about identity because it's a topic that you and I have talked about you know, offline together. And it's something I know that we've thought a lot about. And I read this quote recently um, by Rob Bell, and he talked about the process of shedding identities. And he's like, basically that we're looking for the me behind the me behind the me, that that when we shed our identities to the next one, into the next one, and we allow that shedding to happen, like we become essentially like probably our true selves, right? Um, and so I'm just wondering if, 
you can talk to me about identity because you know one of the things like you and I have very similar stories we have stories of children having rare diseases and and life-limiting diseases and children dying and I think it's really easy like you shared in the top of the podcast for people to look at our stories and think that that's our identity or assume that's like all we have to talk about or all we have to share about and while it's a super significant part of who we are a completely life shaping and shifting part of our life. It's not all of who we are. So talk to me about that for you and and just the idea of identity as women, as mothers, as caregivers, as humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still at 40 trying to unpack this because, yeah. um, I, and I think that's what the 40s are for is, is finally sure. coming into yourself in a new way um, because of our situation, you know, we, we did put some stuff on the back burner. And so now it's like, oh yeah, I got to probably ask some of those questions of myself, but I love that imagery. It reminds me of a, a Russian doll and, and how we're just continuing to get into the center and core of who we are, but all of those different sizes of us are us as well. And, um, for me, I, identity is is really understanding um, who I am from a from a faith perspective. Mm-hmm. It's understanding that the first thing written over me was beloved, and there was nothing I did to earn that. It was just because I I believe that I'm a created being in an image of God, and so God said He loved me, and therefore I believe it. Um, what I do is make mistakes. <laughs> and right. so I'm not going to identify myself um, as a person that makes mistakes at my core. At my core, what I'm going to understand is that I am beloved. And so what are the implications of that is is now what I'm asking myself out of my identity is, is it's not the labels that I put on. It's not the jobs that I do, because when all of those fade, who am I then? Um, and so I hope that I am a soul in this world trying to be kind and figure out life. Um, and I'm okay in the mystery of not knowing it all. Um, and, and that I'm doing hopefully what I'm called to do while I'm here. Um, and so my identity continues to be less and less about um, what I wear or how I identify or where, you know, like I am this, I am that. It's like writing a bio is the worst invitation (laughs) to a four. And I think when you do have like a big thing you're known for by your story or whatever it is, people like to just assume that that's all you are, but we're so nuanced. I mean, Jess, we could have a conversation all weekend long with one another about each other and never mention our kids, even though they're the very thing yeah. that helps us see. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we could talk about, you know, how we want to decorate our house next. I mean, you know, there's so many different ways that that we can, yeah, I and I love that. And I, really quick, I want to unpack, you know, the topic of faith for a second, because you talked about being beloved first. And I know we could have a whole podcast about this, but I think this is really, really important because we live in a world that wants us to be, you know, whatever our bio on our Instagram pages or the neighborhood we live in or 
the abilities of our children or the team that they're on or the place that we work or the thing that we wear. And it's so, sometimes I just, it drives me crazy because I, like you, all those are part of life, but that is not who I really want to be. And so one of the things I think you touched on that when you suffer and when you're asking these questions, inevitably you're asking who created me and what do I believe? And when you do that, all that other stuff doesn't really matter as much. And it's a, the self-discovery path of finding out, you know, who you are and why you're here. And so I just want to like know if you can, I know it's a huge topic, but I think it's a really important one because even as we're emerging out of COVID, it's like, let's be asking ourselves that question, those questions. Let's not be just going back to all these different labels. Let's tell people who we are. Let's not let them tell us who we are. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, and I love, I love our conversations about faith and you're right. We could totally go on forever. I, you know, I think it's important to say like labels and naming people can be a really good thing and it can help us understand one another. Um, Mm And, and that's how we move through the world. And, and that's also sure. how we get trapped, right, is is labels yep. and stereotyping. And so it's, again, it's a both and. It's, it's, that, it's that both sides, you know, knowing someone's name, I think, is the most important part of, of, of knowing someone. It's like it's not just Jaden mm-hmm. with San Filippo. It, or it's, it's not just San Filippo kid. You know, it's Jaden who happens to have San Filippo and likes basketball and watched Blue's Clues. And like when we start to understand that we are people that are nuanced and complex and layered, I think that's when we start to understand that, that there's this whole side of us that's blended into what makes us who we are. And if you strip all of that away, our core essence is beloved. So Mm -hmm. I think when people are starting to ask questions about life, they will inevitably start asking questions about faith. And so our job Mm -hmm. is to start creating more and more places um, where it's safe to ask those questions, where the table becomes longer, where there's less answers and again, more Mm -hmm. questions and we understand that everybody first is coming to the table as beloved, not just their ideas mm-hmm. or their understandings or, you know, like God, God forbid somebody judge me by who I was at 20, you know, like right. we're all, yeah. we're all developing and we're all understanding God from these lenses of life, the more experiences mm-hmm. we have. And so mm-hmm. what would it look like? for us to continue to create these spaces that people can engage their questions of faith. Yeah. And set that big table. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. I'm not sure set if that's where you were going, big. Jess, but. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that that setting that big table it, it is important and it allows people to have some breathing room, which I think everyone is looking for, right? When they, when, when they're approaching that topic, I think, I think you do that. And that is something that, I think the Oaks is doing for people in such a beautiful way and is really needed. I mean, it's a very comfortable space for all people. And I, I I love that. Mm. I I love that invitation that you're creating. So, so this is the heart strong podcast. And, you know, for me, it's all about like, I'm the question I'm always asking myself is how do I grow through these things that I'm going through and what can I learn from other people that are doing life well you know, after they've experienced this or that. 
And you've shared a lot of wisdom today, you know, and like I said, we could have continue on for for hours and these topics. We, we love to talk about them, but I'd love for you to leave our listeners with some like practical Stephanie wisdom. Like what are two or three or even one thing that you would say, give this a try. This has helped me as I've grown through these seasons and in transitions and times in my life that might help you too. You might try this jacket on for size and see if it's something that might work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Jess, you are the definition of heartstrung and I just love how you continually are paying attention to your life. It'd be really easy for you to check out and it'd be really easy for you Mm -hmm. to just be like, you know what, I'm done. And, and nobody would fault you for that. Um, and yet you're saying yes to all of these invitations in front of you. Um, and I'm so, um, just blown away by your tenacity and your creativity. Um, and so anyone that gets to know you, Jess, is lucky. And so the fact I get to call you friend just makes oh, me super lucky. Um, but thank as far you. as like tips and tricks, you know, I, I like to say it's like a swimsuit, right? Nobody loves to try on a swimsuit. But when you find one, it works. You, you buy it. <laughs> you probably buy it in every color. And so um, yeah. there are some spiritual disciplines or some just practices. Um, for me, it's yoga. It's journaling. It's talking with friends. Um but I really, I really start go back to like um, this trip I took in a developing country once, and I remember being on the bus looking out the window, and there was poverty all around me. And the one thing that I noticed most was this young kid who had made a wheelbarrow um, from scrap wood and a bucket and an old wheel, mm-hmm. and I just. It's it's always stuck with me as this imagery of like when we are in a position, um, that we are limited, we get really creative and, um, we are no longer limited by our limitations, but we actually become resilient. And so to me, heartstrong is about being resilient. It's about looking around you and going, how can I make a wheelbarrow out of this? Um, and grabbing what you got and, and wheeling it down the road and filling up your bucket. And, um, to me, Jess, you know, you do that. There's a, there's a quote that Mary Oliver says, and I, I love it. It just says, pay, pay attention, be astonished by it and then tell the world. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's hopefully what I'm trying to do with my life is, is hold space, pay attention, be a noticer, be a student, um, and live hard, strong. Yeah, that's so beautiful stuff. And you you do that. And I one of the greatest the greatest gifts of my life and what I would say, you know, and I think you'd probably say the same thing, are the people that you meet on these difficult journeys. They are everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they teach you and help you along the way. And I think grabbing hands with those people that we all meet in the different places and spaces that we find ourselves, the people who are paying attention, the people who are like, I'm going to make that wheelbarrow out of that thing and find some water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, I think, how we continue on this journey. And I'm so thankful 
that I have you. Aww. So thank you for joining me today yeah. and for being part of this. You know what? These are the these are the conversations that make life worth living. And these, to me, are the people I want to sur- surround myself with. A lot of people say it's the club you never wanted to join. This is absolutely the club I want to be a part yeah. of. And I'm so blessed um, to just know you and to be able to see. I want to be a seer. And, um, and I'm just mm-hmm. so thankful for that. So tell people where they can find you. Tell them where they can find you and find the Oaks if they're interested in learning more about some retreat time. Yeah, so Oaks is just um, at the Oaks Center. You can find us at oakscenter.com. And we're over there on Instagram. And I am Stephanie Boyce 5 It's just Stephanie with an F. And I have my settings to private. I have a, a love-hate relationship with Instagram. I want to be everybody's friend um, except the creepy ones. So I would love I would yeah. love to be friends <laughs> with everybody. Um, so I'm just trying to figure all that out. But um, yeah, welcome oh anytime. Okay. Come find me. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here, Steph. It was great to be with you. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. This is wonderful. Thank you so much to our guest, Stephanie Boyce, for joining me on the HeartStrong podcast. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and be sure to subscribe. Thank you so much to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Michael Garcia, and I'm your host, Jessica Lindbergh. And join us next week right here on the HeartStrong podcast.